Our reading this morning is from Unitarian Universalist minister Victoria Safford. It's called Hope. Our mission is to plant ourselves at the gates of hope, not the prudent gates of optimism, which are somewhat narrower, nor the stalwart, boring gates of common sense nor the strident gates of self-righteousness, which creak on shrill and angry hinges, nor the cheerful, flimsy garden gate of everything's gonna be all right, but a very different, sometimes very lonely place, the place of truth-telling, about your own soul, first of all, and its condition. The place of resistance and defiance. The piece of ground from which you see the world, both as it is and as it could be, as it might be, as it will be. The place from which you glimpse not only struggle, but joy in the struggle. And we stand there, beckoning and calling, telling people what we are seeing, asking people what they see. Here we are, friends, after another week here in this world, and beautiful things have happened, and terrible things too, another week. Let us keep our hearts tender through it all, and our eyes soft, and our words true. Because this is what you and I are about. We know, we just know there's no answer but to love one another. We bear witness against unnecessary destruction And we come here in this place to practice being the person that we say in the mirror we want to be. We cannot do everything, of course, but we can do something, and that something is never nothing. So let us forget our perfect offering. Pretty please. (laughs) There is a crack in everything. Say with me. That is how the light gets in. There's a light rap on the front door. Did you hear it? And then the doorbell, which sends the, <laughs> sends the dog running full gallop to the front door. But he's all bark and no bite. Leaving behind him these huge clouds of suspended fur and air. <laughs> Why didn't we get a poodle. <laughs> but before either of us can get there, I hear, the, I hear the door creak open, and there's the thunk of a package dropped on the floor. And the neon vested delivery woman is already climbing into her bumped and bruised Hyundai Elantra, showing that car, showing the miles of this so-called booming economy 
Where interest rates and unemployment rates are low, but millions have to work more than one job to make ends meet, like deliver Amazon packages on the side. You know, ever since I heard this a few weeks ago about the ex-Cosby show actor, his name is Jeffrey Owens, who was shamed in a British tabloid for being seen working at a Trader Joe's. Did you hear about that? To help provide for his family in between acting jobs. Ever since that, I've, I've tried to, to catch the eye of the delivery driver and the market basket checkout clerk or the guy behind the, the auto parts store down the street from me who just sold me a new headlight lamp. I just try to catch their eye and let them know that I see them. I see you. Which, <laughs> here in this um, no faking it cold open of a sermon, is maybe as much about me wanting to feel better about myself as it is showing solidarity with the ranks of the educated and skilled workers and low paying and low skilled jobs. This practice. This practicing to be the person you say you want to be, it's tricky, isn't it? Outside, the sign in the front yard mulch that we put after, we put there after the election two years ago, it says, maybe you have one, it says, in this house, black lives matter, women's rights or human rights, hello, Dr. Ford. Uh, science is real, healthcare is a human right, no human is illegal, love is love, and kindness is everything. That, that sign is faded, and it's dog-eared from the sun and weather of another year, and I've had to prop it upright with some rocks. It's not unlike me, maybe not unlike you, right? But still standing, Still standing in this age when standing up for principles has turned into like an Iron Man competition of marching and accompanying and fundraising and protesting and advocating and preaching, oh my gosh, the preaching and teaching and witnessing and breathing and stillness, which we are not as good at. Because we can only serve the outer world if we take care of our inner life the life we live on the inside. You with me? Which is why this box has arrived. Actually, just on time, just as Jeff Bezos promised. <laughs> our country may be on fire, but our packages arrive on time. Is it for me, for me, for me, for me, for me? The dog's nose asks as he sniffs the outside of the box. Back off, man, I say, this is mine. And I use the sharp edge of one of my son Emerson's come put yourself in debt with me college mailings. Can I just get an amen, please? <laughs> oh my God to slice open the tape and open the box within a box within a box within a box. 
And as I open, I permit myself this no faking it thought, hello sermon title. How it feels cathartic to use the high gloss edge of one of those college brochures for something other than sticker shock. Because what the shine and the sheen of the mailings and the tours and the YouTube videos don't show are the parents who whisper to each other at night, that number does not include room and board? That's just tuition? Seriously, how in the hell are we? Oh, it's beautiful, I say, and I pull it free. I thought it was going to be bigger, says one of the kids. Is it for me, for me, for me, for me? <laughs> says the dog. And Karen says, why, why did we wait so long? Now, which leads to this question. How do you know you're old? <laughs> Ask me, Nathan, how do you know you're old? How do you know you're old? Well, since you asked, I'll tell you. You know you're old when one of the highlights of the year is when you finally pull the trigger and buy a new vacuum. <laughs> wow! Living the dream. I should have put that for a gratitude card, <laughs> but I would have spoiled the punchline. But it is not just any vacuum, oh no. It's really an actual robot. <laughs> oh, my friends, the life we lead. That in addition to being a robot, also happens to twirl around the house by itself spinning its brushes for feet by itself, picking up all the dirt and the fur and the Cheerios and the nail clippings, gross, and, <laughs> and the broken, uncooked spaghetti, right, near the stove, and the Hershey Kiss wrappers that one family creates over a span of a day or even just an hour. It launching from its home charging station by itself every time, at the same time every morning, when no one is home except for the dog. <laughs> Who is now, upon seeing Roomba charged up and spinning around the house for the first time, is literally barking himself out of his body. But friends, it is, it's worth the drama. <laughs> it's worth the cost. Because here in the launch of, of the school year and the church year and the post-Labor Day when, when it feels like the labor days begin, right? Or, or the launch of, a, of another year, as September feels like, and it seems like everybody but you has gone on with their life except for you. You know how it is. 
I know you do. How after a day or a week of whatever has challenged you that day or changed you or has worn you down, you, you come home and, and, and there's like just dust everywhere and you see a house that needs, you see something else that needs one more thing from you. And you just want to cry. Is it just me? God, and you know, on the, on the Facebook and the Instagram and the Twitter, no one talks about such things. And from the outside, everyone seems to be doing just fine, looking like ears perked up. But on the inside, we're like that. <laughs> and here's the real fake news, if you catch my drift. The real fake news says, what's up with you? What's your problem? Just roll up your sleeves and stiffen your upper lip and get on with the second shift. A shift, you know, which we know, which we actually don't talk about either, is performed way more by women and girls than men and boys. A point that's driven home for me that I, as I, the vacuumer in the house, now has a robot to help me with the chore. After I had, I'm about to cry one of those days. You know, it's funny about laughter. I was watching this comedian last night. He says, laughter and tears are tied together. As we laugh at our bunny, but sometimes not so funny, is it? Help, <laughs> Roomba says, in a gentle but urgent female voice. Why female, iRobot creators? Why? Help, <laughs> she says. What's wrong with her? What's wrong is she got stuck under the radiator. And then Karen says, great, another thing I have to take care of. <laughs> now, but listen, I appreciate the honesty there of Roomba. She doesn't say, like the culture that we live in, she doesn't say, everything is going to be all right. She doesn't say, it's fine, I'm fine, this is fine. <laughs> she doesn't say, you do you, I'll do me. <laughs> she doesn't say, I'll fake it till I make it. She owns it when she can't do something on her own. She knows, she knows it's a false gospel that says, I got this. She speaks the truth. What does it mean? What does it mean that we live in a culture where the robot is the authentic thing in the house? <laughs> what does it mean? What does it mean? Now, later in the afternoon, I think of Roomba, oddly. <laughs> 
after I had a load of weddings um, this summer. And a few of them, I think three of them, were after my dad died in August. My mom was joking. Again, tears and laughter. There's that movie, Nathan, with you, Grant, four weddings and a funeral. Ha ha. And I'm thinking of Roomba because um, I'm waiting with the, the bridesmaid. It's at the barn in Holliston. But they put a tent out up front because, of course, it's going to rain the next day. And, Everyone's freaking out. And the bridesmaid heard from the bride about my dad's death. Like it was like the last, the previous week. And she said to me, because we're waiting for everybody to arrive, she said, oh, your, your faith must really help you, knowing that he's in a better place. Now, some of you haven't heard me over the years, but those of you who have know it just makes my blood boil. Because if there's a God that thinks it's better to take your loved one away from your family, I don't want any part of that God. (laughs) Some Christians ask, what would Jesus do? But you know what your minister asks? What would Roomba do? What would Roomba do? Help? Be direct. Gentle, but urgent. Roomba would not pretend. Roomba wouldn't just, you know, fake and make nice at the wedding. So I tell her, I don't believe that. I don't know yet how my faith is going to help me. I'm not sure where my dad is or if there's such a place called a better place. And she's probably thinking, to the bride maybe later. I think you got this guy on the internet. I think he got ordained on the internet. <laughs> but listen. I don't want to fake it. I don't want fake niceness and complicity and complacency be the sermon I give between Sundays. Okay? the sermon of my life out of sync with the sermon on my lips. You deserve better. We deserve better. We we need people who will tell us how it is, how we feel, who will be real. Because I'm... I'm searching with you how to live my outer life with purpose and authenticity. And also, I'm trying to figure out how to tend to my inner life that, like yours, I know is at times whole and broken and uncertain and doubting and messy and, good God, in need of a good cleaning and blessed and in need of blessing and so longs to cry out, 
help and to have someone come and rescue me. Now, later that afternoon from the rehearsal, it was a good wedding, by the way, I should tell you that. I come home like Roomba. And Roomba has a charging station. She has a home button on the top of her. And I come home and I'm thinking, you know, we, you and I need places like that. Our home button is here. Places we can press to go home. That we can, that we can circle back to after the journey of the day or the week or the month or the year and after getting stuck and like bumping into walls and cleaning up messes that aren't ours and spinning ourselves dizzy, we, we need a place to go back to, to find our center and to get, there's no other word for it, to get recharged, right? Because who knows, maybe if we were more honest with ourselves and each other about the joy of life and the pain of life that we have going on behind the, the front beautiful door in the house, in the inner life, if we were more honest about that, then maybe these bucolic-seeming suburbs wouldn't feel so damn lonely, which is not my assessment only, it is yours. It's a direct quote from you. You tell me again and again, how come it seems like the hardest thing to find are places where you don't have to pretend? Where we get to call it time out on the complacency and the complicity of politeness and not making waves for the sake of getting along. A place where we can just wail and laugh and cry and laugh and get an, an inordinate amount of joy from watching bad rom-coms. Heather pointed one to me this week. It was horrible, but it was perfect. It was what I needed. <laughs> or, or getting joy from a, a new vacuum. Are you kidding me? But like, that's okay in life. That is okay. People, we can tell each other about that. And then a place where someone asks you, how are you doing? And you can tell them with a gentle urgency, can I really tell you? Do you actually have the time? Can I really tell you how I am? We need a, we need a home button where we can go and give up the safety of small talk and half-truth so we can get into the corners and behind the furniture of how we really feel, I think. Because our country, our communities, our church needs people who are not faking it. People who can talk about your life and talk about my life and, and talk about the world and say, here is how it is. No BS. Here is how it could be. And then inviting 
each other in, saying, come in, come in, come in. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, this is where Nathan leads us to a church commercial. <laughs> no. Truth is, faith communities, this one too, of course, struggle because it's filled with people. Struggle learning how to be a place of honest love. Places that are less Sunday best and niceness and not making waves and more authenticity, friends, and not faking it and telling the truth. We need more of what we say we want our communities to be. So as we think about a home button, because this, my friends, is, it's one of my home buttons, and I pray that it's one of yours. Here is the charge for the Roomba of your soul. When you need help, and each of us do, when you are stuck under the radiator of life or of your week, remember this sermon and remember my words that say, do not fake that you've got this. Say with urgency, help. When you ask someone how they're doing, hey, how you doing? Ask in such a way, find a way that says you want an honest answer. Skip today the small talk in coffee hour and go deeper. Risk asking this question, what is the most honest, authentic thing you did all week? Have that be the, the conversation that you have as you walk up the aisle and wait to talk to Heather and I, which I hope you do because I love to see you. I love to see all of you. And when you're in the mood of overwhelm, because all of us are, that is the news, pick one headline, one story, and have that be the thing that, that receives your extra energy, whatever extra energy you have. Don't let the, the fake news, don't let the fake headline be that you have to be successful at everything in order to be someone. Just do one thing. Give up the ghost of, of optimism and half, you know, glass is half full and everything's going to be all right unless you believe it. Tell someone your joy. I don't care how corny it is or small. Tell someone your struggle. And as our reading reminds us that Alex read, just, then just stand there. That's our charge, just to, just to stand there, beckoning and calling forward with our real, our real life, floppy ears and all, our real honest inner life in a world that expects us to keep up appearances. And I want us, my charge to us, to me, to you, is to tell people what we see there, asking what we see there so that together we can make this place that is faking no more.